everyone, this is Tim Bichot, the Liberty Advisor, and we're returning, actually both of these are returning guests, uh, I think three years ago, uh, Sheriff Richard Mack was in my office, uh, and uh, you know, one of the, unfortunately, one of the few sheriffs that I really respect, because unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of unconstitutional laws being followed, and, you know, I come more from the right side of things, and, and you know, I've just seen, you know, really, in my opinion, it's the police, in many cases, who are upholding some of the tyranny that's going on, and so I, I really appreciate everything you've been doing to uphold the Constitution. And then we have Howard Lickman, who is the founder of the Thick Red Line, which is a movement where you're trying to basically paint a red line in the sand where people can help uh, join, the, join the same side as the police. So can you tell us a little bit more about your organization, Howard? Yeah, so um, we were doing um, civil disobedience in California against these COVID lockdowns, and we would um, uh, 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 reclaim beaches, we would try and reopen restaurants, and police officers would come up to us, and they did not want to be doing this. I mean, they, they, they did not want to be, you know, enforcing these laws, and they would say to us, hey, you know, we don't want to be doing this, but like, what can we do about it? And I just had kind of like a little bit of an epiphany, and I said, well, the thing that you guys are going to need to do is you're going to have to get together collectively and you're going to have to get the whole department because if it's one at a time, then, then they can be fired. They can be, you know, punished and reprimanded. But if they all lock arms and like hang together, or hang separate, hang together, hang separate. If they all lock arms and say, we're not going to enforce uh, uh, these victimless crimes, then there's nothing the politicians can do. And so it really is, it's the, you know, right now it's the police don't want to be doing it. The politicians are forcing them to do it. And so if they lock arms together as a department, uh, in some cases it may be because the because they've got an honest sheriff like Sheriff Richard Mack, or it may be because the city council says, hey, we don't want our, our you know, our, our protectors raising revenue on our friends and neighbors, or we don't want them, you know, doing tyrannical laws, or whether it's the police officers or sheriff's deputies themselves getting together and locking arms and saying, hey, we're not going to do this. Um, if they all do it together, there's no way the politicians can force them. So we're kicking off a campaign. We call it the Thick Red Line Project, where we've got cards, uh, cards for cops, and we've got a handbook that that um, explains what victimless crimes are. Uh, and gives them some tips on how to organize their department, whether that person is a concerned citizen, it's the sheriff or, or, or the police chief, or it's you know deputies or officers within the department. How do you you know how do you do it so that uh, that you're only protecting life, liberty, and property, and you're not raising revenue on your friends and neighbors or enforcing the edicts of a tyrannical government based on suspicious science and disease models that have already proven to be flawed. Yeah, and one of the reasons why we want to have both of you here together is because uh, you, is it the Constitutional Sheriff, can you tell us a little bit about your organization? I can't remember off the top of my head, it's Constitutional Sheriffs uh, and, and Police Peace Officers. Peace. Peace officers. Association. Yeah. yeah, it's very similar. Uh, so the whole thing, I hope we create a, a huge movement with Thick Red Line, Oath Keepers, Constitutional Sheriffs Association. It's all about waking cops up to uh, their duty and to their oath of office. And let's follow the Constitution. Let's, you know what it is? It is a crime if you swear an oath and intentionally break it. That's perjury. Might not be a victim on that one either, I guess, but uh, if you ask me, uh, they need to be held to that. The, the law, and I totally support Article 6 that requires the oath. If you fail to keep your oath, I think there's actually in all sincerity, I think there's lots of victims. 
victims of not having their freedom protected and victims of ridiculous that we've talked about before ridiculous uh, traffic tickets and and I, and I think that's one of the greatest abuses that have ever been perpetrated on the American people and it's it's simply what I've called taxation through citation it's just another way of taxing the poor taxpayers and and bilking them out of billions of dollars every year and it very rarely has anything to do with any real safety issue so we want all of law enforcement to focus on one liberty first they're there to protect liberty and the rights of the people and two not to do anything that would victimize the people of this country and and i believe that traffic tickets are uh, a huge abuse yeah, absolutely. And it seems like another huge abuse is the war on drugs. Uh, and it, it's an article I wrote four years ago where I had mentioned that Black Lives Matter and you have, you know, the thin blue line. And that it seems like there's one, if you want to have less cops dying, less cops getting in confrontations with people, and if you want to have less black people dying too, it seems like taking marijuana off Schedule 1 would be the quickest way to do it. But there's certain police lobby and the prison industrial complex that doesn't allow this to happen, which then is then used as the skeleton key to then go search people. And so an, an organization like Black Lives Matter, which we know is a Marxist organization at the top, and not to say there aren't good people who are you know, caught up in it, who are seeing abuses in their neighborhood, but it seems like that would be the easiest thing, but they don't, they don't actually uh, you know, advocate for changing those laws. It's all these nebulous things of just let's go and burn buildings. And, but then the police, it doesn't seem like they're any better because they almost don't get this, this aspect of it anyways, and it's just creating all this divide and conquer mentality. Well, it is, and uh, I, I really object to anyone who says that marijuana should still be a Schedule One drug. Ridiculous. That means there is no medicinal value in that whatsoever. Like heroin. Yeah, and yet, well, that's part of the problem. Opiate drugs are actually okayed readily by the FDA. The FDA okays those time and time again for doctors to, pre to prescribe. But if you try to go get... Uh, some hand lotion that helps with arthritis that has THC in it, then you, you've committed a crime. No, ridiculous. And, and see, that's the problem. If we're going to respect the laws, the laws have got to be respectable. Yeah, well, that's that's my my point too. And so, what you know, one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to educate sheriffs and police that that there's natural law and there's man law. And if you're going to draw the thick red line, the question is, where do you draw it? Do you uh, because it, if you it has to be logical, it has to be moral. And uh, in natural law, there's you know kind of five main transgressions. There's murder. There's robbery. There's uh, um, extortion, rape, et cetera, theft. These are all obvious crimes because there's a victim. And, uh, and those things are obviously wrongs. And so many people don't understand the, the word right is anything that's not a wrong. And so if you're gonna, if, if, you know, right now the police are being pressed to do more and more tyrannical things, they're now red flag laws, they're now being, you know, which is a stealth gun confiscation. We're just going to do it one by one. Take the guns first. Take, yeah, take the guns first. And so uh, it, obviously you can't use man's law 
because then, well, Jim Crow and fugitive slave laws are fine, so where do you draw that thick red line? It really has to be there's a thousand-year tradition in natural law, no victim, no crime, and then that gives equal rights for everybody. So we're almost like an equal rights movement. I don't have the right to tell you how to live your life unless you're hurting somebody else. And when I say hurting somebody else, there has to be a victim or it's not a crime. That's uh, that's got a thousand-year legal tradition in natural law. That's easy. Anybody can understand that. And if the police, if you're, if we're going to encourage the police to draw a thick red line, that's really where it has to be. That's the logical. That's the that's the moral place. And then not only do you get rid of the drug war, but and, and it's eighty thousand SWAT team raids again a year and throwing people into uh, four pros you know, peaceful people into for-profit prisons where they're civil asset forfeiture, civil asset forfeiture, but you're, you're, you know, you're going to get rid of COVID, you know, uh, lockdowns. It just, it solves almost everything. It restores, it restores peace to the streets and it instantly restores respect for the police because the, nobody has a problem with the police when they're protecting life, liberty, and property. It's only when they're enforcing tyrannical edicts, they're searching cars looking for, you know, a payday bonanza and civil asset forfeiture, or they're, they're doing um, taxation through citation and raising revenue on their friends and neighbors. And that's why people don't like the police. And so if the police all lock arms together and say, we're not going to do it, let them keep their jobs. But you know, not, don't defund the department. Let's just let's just stop them from doing the things that cause racial and societal division, and only focus them on life, liberty, and property. And then it just it breaks the backs of drug cartels. It breaks the backs of pimps. It saves the taxpayers money. Just boom, overnight, it restores respectability to the police. Yeah, and I just want to tell a really quick story. So about two years ago, I was bike uh, cycling in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, where it's you know pretty hot, and you know without you know that goes without saying. And you know I was a few miles from my house, but I was in an area where there's no way I could turn around. It would have been like a 40 mile detour. I had hardly any water on me, and I come up to an accident, and there's only one other person. And there's a, a cop at the accident, so I'm tiptoeing. I'm in spandex. I mean, I couldn't have been like any kind of hands already up. I couldn't have been any less threatening. And and I've I've actually been awarded by Sheriff Joe for risking my life to go save actually an illegal alien. So I don't know if anyone else has an award from Sheriff Joe for saving an illegal alien. I might be the only person for that. And so I'm on, that would happen at Lake Pleasant. Here I am on Lake Pleasant Parkway, and I'm trying to see, okay, well, maybe there's only one cop there, and, and what if there's three people bleeding out, and what if they need help? And so I'm quietly kind of seeing, surveying the scene and trying to go ar get around the accident because I'm just on a little bike. And next thing I know, I get bum-rushed by this cop and where he throws, must have 50 F-bombs, and this is my effing scene, and what the F you think you're doing, and who the F do you think you are? And I'm trying to say, like, listen, I've actually brought someone back from the dead just a few miles away from here. I he wanted help, and he's, and he's just berating me. And I thought, like, I was going to get shot or something. And so you have people on the right, and I never filed any complaints because I know how that works. And I know how they all protect their own, and you know I've been down that road before. But I've never been charged with anything. I've been awarded as a hero before. And if it wasn't for having being on my way to a marriage counseling thing, which my wife, future ex-wife, is going to kill me if I missed that, I would have probably put up a stink. But you know, when the average, you know, person like me gets treated like a slave for for no reason at all. I mean, I was there to see if someone needed help. And then the, the response I got from the right was, well, you know, you didn't get shot, so, you know, quit being a, you know, you know, you know what. Uh, and so now it's like even people on the right are making lives more difficult for the cops because, you know, unless I get shot, I'm not allowed to say anything. And then I think that also goes to like the militarization of the police. So, I mean, 
and, and I mean, it's just, I don't think it's going to go very well for the cops. I think your whole thing is, you know, you want, you know, let's join the team because there's a lot of bad people out there uh, on, on both sides. But, you know, we, want, we need to stand up for humanity. And I think a, a large part of that is, uh, you know, demilitarizing the police. And you see videos in Washington where, uh, you know, they said it's, you know, the gun owners and the, you know, the people, constitutionalists that, that are the enemy. And so what do you have to say to cops who are out there who, like, in New York City, I have to generalize everyone in New York City because I you know, knew, know a couple of good cops out there, but, you know, to sheriffs who, you know, are basically doing the work of, you know, Soros and doing the work of, you know, for lack of a better word, the globalists who, who are out there. Yeah, I think there's way too much of that. And, and uh, the cops just need to, to take, take it easy. And, and is that a New York saying? Take it easy. Uh, and they really do. And they, it, I honestly believe that. Uh, forget about it. No. Yeah, forget about it. Yeah. yeah. But I honestly believe if the, if the sheriffs and deputies and chiefs and police are all trained in the oath of office and liberty first, I think we're going to correct all of that. I, I don't believe there's a, any way that a cop who is trained to be patriotic and to love the principles of freedom that America was founded upon, that he's going to do those things. And I think it's going to strengthen the thick red line. And I think it's going to strengthen Oath Keepers and the CSPOA and all of this movement to get sheriffs and cops on board the freedom train. What Do they know what their role is in our government? Do cops really know and understand their role? They think it's writing tickets and going after druggies. Is that it? Is there more? Or do we all have, on, in all three branches of government, a responsibility to put liberty first? And that my job as a cop is to protect his rights and her rights and all the citizens' rights. If we have that in our framework, are we going to be hurting others and are we going to be committing acts of violence against citizens we work for? I, I think it's going to diminish it greatly and that we'll have these conversations later. We're going to say, isn't it wonderful we don't have excessive force in law enforcement anymore? Because these are, they understand that they are the guards of liberty, not the kickers in of doors. Did you happen to see the video recently of uh, Trump's former campaign manager, I think Brad Parscale, and, and they went to, and, and I'm not saying he's a good guy or anything, I don't know the backstory, but, you know, he seemed like he was there talking, you know, to the police officer without, it didn't seem like he's a big risk, and next thing you know, he's, you know, he's obviously impaired, and they give him about two seconds to act, next thing you know, they tackle him to the ground, and it seemed like that really didn't really need to happen, and that's happening to Trump's former campaign manager, who also had his guns taken, and so, I mean... To a situation like that, would, do you think it needed to be escalated like quite no, that dramatically? Not even. Of course not. It didn't. And uh, I just had a friend that uh, the IRS confiscated his home and kicked him out to the streets. He had no place else to go. He's been bouncing around living with neighbors, with his wife and daughter. And then the home was empty, and he already had the home paid for. So he moved back in. And he, No, was he supposed to? Technically, probably not. Morally, he was probably fine. It was his home. He paid for it. The home was paid for He dedicated his life to pay for that home. And now the IRS takes it away from him to pay his tax bill. Well, you know, I was a tax collector. I wasn't allowed to take people's homes. And, and most sheriffs are tax collectors for their counties. And so if, if we're going to continue to do these kind of abuses, and you know what they did? To go arrest him after he was just living in his own home? 
Yeah, they took it away from him and sold it out from underneath him, but nobody was in there, so he moved back into his home. It was too simple for him to do. Anyway, he did it. He was in there like two months. They knew where he was. I even told the police, I'll get him for you if you need to. You don't need to go kill him or his family. They or said, a 3 a.m. SWAT raid where you don't know who's coming in. That's what they did. 75 officers involved in a SWAT raid with helicopters to go after uh, him, his wife, and his daughter. And they already told, he already told them they got rid of all their guns so when they came that they wouldn't come shooting. They had two Humvees, 75 officers, helicopters. And see, that's the type of stuff if you are trained in the Constitution and trained in your true purpose in society as a, as a peace officer, you're not going to do that kind of stupidity anymore. Or the raids that we've committed in this country because you haven't paid back your student loan. Don't forget that. The federal government, especially under the Obama administration, was raiding people's homes with SWAT teams. No knock SWAT team raids because somebody didn't repay their student loan. He also increased the amount of raids and funding, even over George W. Bush when it came to medical marijuana facilities, which, you know, love him or hate him. I mean, Obama is, you know, considered, you know, to be a darling of the left. But yet here he is. There's so many things that obviously was not very liberal. And, you know, it's a fake left right, uh, you know, paradigm that were in any ways. And it's just, and, and part of it is, you know, we hear rhinos, you know, rep Republican in name only, and something that I've sort of coined is finos, and that's people that are freedom in name only. And so they want to talk a big game about freedom, uh, especially, and it, you know, I call it kind of the fake left and the fake right, or, you know, I should have went the other way around, but, uh, and, and I think until people who are on, you know, the, the right actually embrace what it means to have freedom and embrace what it means to have liberty. And it seems like they're willing to excuse anything that the police do because they, they see this divide as, well, Black Lives Matter, you know, they want to kill us and Antifa want to burn down the city. So automatically we have to support cops when it should be a case by case basis and everything. I, I supported a lot of the cops when Ferguson riots and things going down. But then, you know, I have a cop bum rush me when I'm trying to help somebody and I've trained in first aid and I thought I was gonna get shot if I didn't say anything. And then, I, and, it, and it makes me, and, I, it, and it makes me want to turn against the police, but I don't, but I know that that's not a winning argument. You know what a argument. bum rush is? I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not sure I know what a bum rush is. Uh, do I want to know? Uh, <laughs> no. So, so a, a bum rush is when you're, you know, you, you're minding your own business or you're just, you know, kind of sitting there and all of a sudden you're, 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 you're set upon by you. the police or oh. you're set upon by somebody else or whatever. But I mean, it's just, it just I'm happens just so quickly bum rush me. and you get bum rushed. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I don't know the etymology of the word, but, but okay. you're, you know, to your, your, to your, um, to your point with Antifa and with Black Lives Matter and the activists that are up in arms against the police, uh, they're up against arms against the police because the police are doing things that cause societal division. With the war on drugs, um, uh, uh, people of color are being disproportionately targeted, especially in the South, especially in, you know, in other places where, where um, they're justifiably upset with the policies that are going on. And so if you want to get rid of uh, the racial division and the societal division, you, you have to put an end to the policies. Now, the, the, the legislators and the politicians that make all of these campaign promises and then expect it to, you know, to back it up with the police going out and raising revenue on the population or, or you know, whatever it is. They're the they're the real problem. The police don't want to be doing this. Like I've you know I've spoken to police officers. I've spoken to dozens of police officers. Sheriff Max probably spoken to even more than I have. And I mean, would you say that they want to be raising revenue on their friends and neighbors? 
Uh, most don't. Right. And so if they, if, if, if. And it's also, it's a black hole where the money is made out of thin air. We're at Jekyll Island right now, which is, you know, the, uh, you know, epicenter of, of all this. You know, there's, and, the, and with the cops' pensions, you're going to, you're creating this tyrannical system where your pension is not going to be worth anything. Like, okay, you might get fifty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. 20 years from now, but that money's not going to buy you anything because you're helping guard the criminals. And I, and I just want to let you guys be able to, to plug your websites and places people can find you because we are coming up to uh, the dinner and, and I know that we're all hungry. So I want to respect your time. But Sheriff, Sheriff Mack, where can we uh, find more about your, uh, your organization and more about you? Well, Howard did remind me one other thing, and that is our incarceration rate in America is absolutely pathetic. And we, we incarcerate far too many people. Minorities, yes, absolutely. But it's way over the board. And IRS abuses and all that, putting people in prison and taking their homes. We really need to pay attention to that abuse. But thank you for the interview and CSPOA.org, Constitutional Sheriffs Peace Officers Association, CSPOA.org. All right. Thank you. And for your organization? Uh, it's thickredline.org, and you can get uh, you can get our handbook, and you can get instructions on how you can encourage the police and the sheriffs in your in your uh, town and community, and get them thick redlined, and which you can get to your elected officials and get to citizens activists, so that they can get their communities thick redlined, so we can stop all the violence. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for all the work that you're doing. Thank you very much. This is Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor. I'm a financial advisor who actually gets it. I've been red-pilled. I'm actually just coming from the Red Pill Conference. Right behind me is the Jekyll Island Club, which is where the plan for the Federal Reserve was hatched in 1910 that was ultimately put into place December 23rd, 1913. And if you're working with an advisor that doesn't know any of this stuff, doesn't get it, and maybe he lost you 15% when the market went down in March, maybe he lost you 30, 40, 50. I mean, if you're in a spot where you had an advisor that did not know what was coming, that was not making videos about what was coming, how do you think they're going to protect you in the future? This is a warm-up act for ultimately what's coming when the currency is ultimately destroyed. So again, I was on video, uploaded a video uh, right before the, the day before the stock market high on February 19th, where I gave a little YouTube, uh, gave a little GoPro video like I'm doing right now, where I listed the different reasons why the stock market was a bubble and more importantly, what you could do about it. Now, what makes myself different and my firm different than most people out there is that most people you know, who've been very bearish, they didn't make money in 2019, they've been losing money for 10 years out there. A lot of us can think of the names of people who are like that, but we made most of the gains in 2019, and then when everything was collapsing, barely lost any money at all during the worst of it. So how many people out there could say that? And so you know, a lot of you took a big roller coaster ride on your money, and if you're you know, 55 to 65, you're in that retirement red zone, as Prudential likes to call it, you can't afford to take any gambles this close to retirement. There is a notion out there called sequence of return risk, where it is the notion that the average return in retirement is actually not as important as the order of your returns. So if you're about to retire and you're down 20% year one, you're gonna have to gain 42% over the next three years to get back to even assuming you're taking a 4% withdrawal. So if you've got a million bucks, you're taking $40,000 out per year, your million bucks turns into 800,000. Well, because you're taking out that $40,000 per year, the math changes a little bit, and now you actually have to go up 42% over those next three years to get back to even. So we do have the Jekyll Island, Club right behind us, which is where the Federal Reserve was hatched. And if you're with an advisor who, you know, didn't get all the gains, you know, last year, got a lot of the losses this year, you know, what are you doing? You know, I would really recommend that you check us out down below the libertyadvisor.com for more information on how we can put you and your family on a better path to achieving all of your retirement dreams and goals. Thank you.